Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Can we say a word of prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the gathering of your children. Thank you for each and everyone that is online already. Thank you for those that are going to join us. Thank you, Lord, because you have something in your heart. You have something in your mind that you want to communicate to your children on this day. And we thank you because our hearts are receptive to your word. We thank you because it will change us. It will transform us. It will liberate us. And the reason why you are sending the word forth will be manifested in each and every one of us. Glory be to your name, Lord Jesus, forever and ever. Amen and amen. So today I'm going to be talking about um, making marriage work, right? Making your marriage work, which is what I started already in, um, in service on Sunday. I hope you, I hope the, the message on Sunday blessed you. <laughs> I hope you are blessed by it and then we are going to continue from where we stopped on Sunday okay so we said that um, when you see a marriage that is working you shouldn't explain it away or take it for granted or assume that it is just sheer luck we established that where a, a marriage that is working in it's their partners a husband and a wife that are putting in the required work that was what we said on Sunday. We said that a marriage that will work needs to be tended carefully. We also said that wisdom is working. When you see a man and a woman living together peacefully, enjoying their marriage, raising their children together, making financial plans together, future plans together, every kind of plan you can think of, doing things together, we say that wisdom is at work in such a marriage and number three grace is at work grace is at work because you will be so shocked to find that it is possible for two good people to have a terrible marriage two people who are individually good each person has a best friend each person has people that loves him or loves her they all they both are fans they are great people at work but together, they are making a mess of their lives. As a team, they are not going forward. And instead of chasing ten thousands, like the Bible says, they are fighting each other. So that is why we say that when you see a marriage that is working, you should acknowledge, you should realize, you should appreciate that grace is at work in such a marriage. Praise the Lord. I went on to talk about God's intention as per the inventor of marriage. That you need to understand the intention of the in inventor to be able to enjoy this thing we call marriage. Worldly standards can't help you. Intellectual submissions on Twitter cannot help you. 
glamorous opinions on IG cannot help you if you don't know what the author and the inventor of marriage intended from the beginning. And I said that intention, the intentions of God concerning marriage are broken into three, or I broke it into three when I spoke about it on Sunday. Number one is the plan of God for marriage. I said that the plans of God for marriage is unity. The plan of God for marriage is agreement. The plan of God for marriage is oneness. Is oneness. That a man and his wife become one in every sense of the word. In every sense of the word and at every level, a man and his wife should become one. Oneness. That is the plan of God for marriage. I saw something somewhere one day where the, the man wrote in to say that. My father told me, you can see how um, our problems are transferred from generation to generation. And some of the things we call generational curses are actually not curses in the sense of somebody placed a curse on you or on them, but rather it is the transference of mindsets from one generation to another. Stories handed down. Thinking patterns handed down. And so the grandfather got this result because he operated with this set of principles or beliefs. And then he handed those same things down to his son who got exactly the same results that his father got. And this son now has not even questioned anything. He's about to hand over those same thinking patterns to his own son. Who is also going to get the same results if he uses those, um, those, same, those same beliefs then we refer to those things as generational causes. When in actual fact, it is mindsets. Mindsets transferred. Beliefs transferred. So this man wrote and said that, my father told me that the only person in your family who is not your, a member of your family is your wife. Don't ever forget that. As you are going into marriage, this is the advice I have for you. That your children are, are part of your family. Then your family, that's me, your, your siblings, we are your family. The person that is not your family in all of these arrangements is your wife. I could not fathom it. I cannot understand it. God said a man will leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. And the both of them will become one flesh. The both of them will become one flesh. This is God's plan for marriage. Anyone who tells you otherwise, anyone who tells you otherwise, or who encourages you to pursue something outside of oneness with your wife, outside of oneness with your spouse, with your husband, this person is trying to lead you astray. Do you understand that? I also said, um, we spoke about agreement, and I, I think that I would like to add this where we talked about agreement in every aspect of life, mentioned stuff like values, you know, um, discipline, finances, child upbringing, and all of that. Agreement is an ongoing journey. Agreement is an ongoing journey. It's part of the work that marriage entails. It's part of the things that you have 
to commit to. You don't agree once and for all. In fact, there are things that you agreed on before that as time goes on, you may have to revisit. You may not have to call each other and sit down and say, okay, for the past six years that we have been married, I know that this is how we have done this thing. But of recent, because of the time that I have now entered in my life, or because of the responsibilities that I now have, you know, we may have to shift things a bit. Do you think that we can rearrange it? Agreement is ongoing. That is why communication is non-negotiable. The other time, you know, I caught in the spirit that my friend was having a bit of troubles in her marriage. And the reason why I know it's her marriage is because she kept coming to my mind and her husband kept coming to my mind and the both of them would come to my mind. In fact, I, I now spoke to my, to my sister about them that I wonder what's happening with these people. So one of those days I sent her a message. On, on whatsapp and she responded and i said how are you and please i mean this question how are you doing what's up with you she said let's just say i'm fine that uh, it's not something she would like to write about on whatsapp like it's not even like it's a big deal for me don't worry you know things are under control i i continue to press i was pressing because i knew that something was up i wasn't sure what exactly was up but i just knew that something was up so I continued to press and she said, okay, you know what? I'll call you tomorrow. And she did. So they were in a, in a place where they had agreements that they made two years ago. But it wasn't working for her anymore. And they, they had started fighting. They love each other. You can imagine two people who love each other have committed to each other. Their lives, they are married. But now there's this thing. There's this agreement that is no longer working and is making them to fight, forgetting all about their love. And so when I heard the story, I said, it's okay. You just have to communicate it. The way you have explained it to me, have you explained it to him? That's another thing I find interesting about how couples relate to each other. They come to pastor or go to a counselor and they talk and talk and talk. I want this. He didn't do this. She didn't do that. I want that. Have you told him? Have you explained to them? Then they begin to stutter that for the past 16 years that we have been together, is he not supposed to know? He doesn't know. Or it has escaped his mind. Or he's not looking at it from the angle from which you are looking at it. He has not walked in your shoes. He probably doesn't know. You know, so I told my friend, you have to sit together. And go over these agreements that you made. Because now it no, it no longer, it is no longer serving you. And it's causing a lot of problems in your marriage. So agreement is an ongoing thing. There are things that you agreed about in the first year of your marriage. That may not be working six, seven years down the line. I mean, when we just got married. House chores was, what is house chores? The, the house was so small. You could barely even find a place to sweep. If you decide that I want to sweep this house. I want to mop this place. You could barely find a place to clean. So cleaning was not a big deal. But then we moved to a bigger house. So at our former house, cleaning was not a big deal. It wasn't something that I brought up often. It was just, it was just something I took care of in my spare time. But then we moved to a bigger house. Then we had two children. 
Then two children began to go to school and house chores became like a big deal. Because now you have to prepare children for school, make their breakfast, feed them, pack their lunch, take care of school uniforms, wash school bag, um, um, what are these things called? Lunch boxes. Uh, children, my God. Children. And so we had to revisit the design that we had been following before. When we wake up in the morning, baby, which one are you going to do? Because I definitely cannot get everything done except I wake up very early. And when I wake up very early, you know, it affects the way my whole day, my whole day goes. So we spoke about it. And then we came to an agreement. We spoke about it. We came to an agreement. I do everything that has to be done in the kitchen. While he does every other thing that has to be done outside the kitchen. As we prepare for work, both of us. She bathes the children, dresses them, you know. And then put all those things together. The kitchen work, cooking their breakfast, preparing hot water, um, packing their lunch, all of that. I do drop breakfast on the table. He comes back, encourages them to eat. Do you understand? Hallelujah. I don't want to waste too much time on my recap because time is running fast. We also said that God has an order in mind when he was when he created marriage. He says that the head of the head of every woman is the is the husband. God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the man. The man is the head of his wife. This is the order that God has in mind. We also said that God has opinions on the roles that each party must play in a marriage one day i walked in on two three ladies and one guy having a conversation okay the guy was not saying anything actually because he was he was he was overpowered by the three women uh -huh. the three women like they had overpowered him with their arguments and he was was basically confused you know and the women were saying that I cannot, I can never, I can never cook for a woman, a man rather. I can never ever, you know, do that kind of a thing. What do you mean? You know, and they went on to say that, is it because you are making money? Thank God I'm educated too. So you bring the money you are making. I also bring the money I'm making. And then I can never. And the guy saw me passing by side, Pastor Fumi, please, what do you have to say about this? I don't know. Can you just chip in? I just, you know, laughed and um, I, I didn't say anything then that day because the atmosphere didn't look like anybody was ready to receive anything anyway. And I would not waste my time forming a sermon on that spot. But I was just wondering if these people are looking at the whole picture of what a home is. You know, I was wondering if they were looking at the picture, the full picture of what a home looks like. Because if you, if you say that you cannot cook for your spouse and that everybody should eat out, because that was part of the argument. Everybody should eat out. Everybody should just... Okay, so when you have your baby, I hope you are going to be... <laughs> I hope the baby is going to be eating out too. You know? I hope your infant is going to be eating out. They are going to be bringing the feeding bottles, the food already made, or something like that. And when you introduce cereals, I hope you are going to be ordering ready-made cereals too. There are roles in marriage. That doesn't mean one person will die under the weight of homekeeping. That is why you should marry a man that loves Jesus, that knows Jesus. A man that Christ is leading. He will know how to be selfless. He will know how to be kind. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Praise God. So God has opinions on roles 
in marriage. And the beautiful thing is that responding to God's pattern when it comes to marriage, responding to his design, responding to his art desire, I mean, it makes things just so beautiful for you. How I wish you knew that. How I wish you knew that. That accepting the responsibility that God gave to you is not even just service to your wife or service to your husband, but it is your worship to God. And that he will bless you for it. That he will reward you for it. He just pours your intimacy. Makes things beautiful for you. Makes things beautiful. No matter how rich a woman is, no matter how much money she has, I promise you, that one that she's collecting from her husband, that one that her husband will give to her, <laughs> nothing sweeter to spend than that. And that is why I submit my bill to my husband every now and then. Please, sir, credit my account. Hallelujah. All right, so commit to selflessness. I've spoken about that already. You know, scripture says, do unto others what you would have them do to you. That is the barest minimum. Do unto others. Will I like this thing that I'm about to do? Is it, will I, will I find it funny if she does this to me? Will I be happy if he does this to me? This thing that I'm about to do. It is because people don't have Christ they, they, or, or, or they are not living their lives according to the design that Christ has laid down. That is why everything seems complicated in this world. If it is only this scripture you hold on to, do unto others what you would have them do to you. If it is only this one and you know, you know no other, if it is only this one you hold on to in your relationship with your spouse, I'm telling you, I am telling you, you'll be free from a lot of your challenges. You'll be free from a lot of the challenges that you have in your marriage, okay? Intentionality. I also spoke about intentionality. I said you must be intentional about every single aspect of your marriage. Leave nothing, absolutely nothing to chance. Leave nothing, nothing to chance. Up to conflict resolution, we will disagree. What should I never say to my husband? What must I never say to my wife? Just because I'm angry. You'll be shocked at the kind of things that wives say to their husbands in the heat of anger, just because we are having a disagreement. You'll be shocked at the kind of things some men can do to their wives just because they are having a disagreement. It is not meant to be so. You are, you are crazy. You are mad. Like the person that is one with you. So you are the wife of a madman. Is that what you are trying to tell us? That the man that you married, let's even assume that he's the one that asked you to marry him. You accepted. You accepted to marry. I mean... You must be intentional. Even in anger. You must be intentional. Okay, I will not go to this extreme. I am capable of doing it. But I will not do it. In my relationship with my husband. See, your spouse is the only other person. That, you know, your spouse is actually the only person you can call yours. Actually. 
Your siblings, they have their own lives. Your children, you'll be so surprised. They have their own lives. It is you and your husband, you and your wife, that are actually doing this life thing together. It is actually the two of you building your life together, building your fortune together, planning your retirements together, planning your children's, you know, college, everything together. So that relationship is worth investing all the intentionality that you can in. To be intentional about holidays, be intentional about time spent together, be intentional about fun. In marriage, be intentional about your diet. Be intentional about what you feed yourself and what you feed your husband. Do you get me? Every aspect of your life. Don't joke with it, okay? Spoke about communication. That properly communicating, you know, being able to properly articulate your needs, to communicate your desires, your wants, is a skill that you must learn to make your marriage work. Um, all of this work is, is a little bit too much for me. I need help in this area. I need help in that area. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. Use, use words. Communicate your needs. Communicate your needs. Let your partner know what you need. Where you need help. Where you need what you want more of. What you want less of. Of recent, I began to tell my husband, you, you come home too late from work. You have to work on that. I need you to be home earlier. And I said to him, work will not finish. So just try. Is that, pastor, was that how I said it? Okay, but something like that, sure. Okay. You know, so be, can you be home by so, so, so time? He's working towards it. When it's getting late, it's, it's going to turn ahead of time. I'm sorry, I'm waiting for so-so person. The person has still not come. I may be home later than, you know. Communicate properly what you need. Don't be carrying face. Don't be getting angry when your partner, and leaving your partner confused because you have not told them exactly what it is that you need. Praise the Lord. Respect differences. Respect differences. This is so critical. This is so critical. You know, you are supposed to be one and not the same. I believe that I've mentioned that before on Sunday. Don't try to make your partner a clone of yourself. Don't, you know, it, it's, this thing is very soft too. This one that I'm talking about is very soft too. You know, there's a certain way you do things. And to you, that is the perfect way, the best way to do things. And then you begin to try to project that belief or that behavioral pattern on your spouse when in actual fact they are very different from you okay my husband is choleric and i'm predominantly phlegmatic one of the things about me and this is a good place to say this that what you like about your spouse what attracted you to them on the flip side of it is what you don't like about them is the same coin do you get? So you like this guy because he's outspoken and he's, he's the life of the party and he's so funny, you know. On the flip side of it is that he, he misplaces khakis every day. 
every day we have to send out a search party. Where is the khakis? Do you know where is the khakis? Go and check the bed. Go and check the kitchen. Go check. What you like about them? What attracted you to them? The flip side of it. Just flip the coin. It's some of the things you complain about. So don't bother to allow those things annoy you. If you like yourself. For how long? You know, scientists say that 69% of the things that um, couples disagree about won't go away. Can you believe that? That 69% of the things that this my husband does that leaves me in wonder is not going to stop till death do us part. Is it not better to just embrace and laugh and be happy? I mean, he bangs the door every day. He's not banging the, he's not banging the door to close it. Though. He's banging it to open it because he won't even close it back. Let's forget about the, that one of closing doors. He will never. But to open the door, he, he pushes doors with such a force that I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Like, the other day I said, Chauffeur no Molen, is there a thief on the other side of that door? Are you trying to attack something? Is there a snake there? How long will you be angry? Better drink water. Okay? <laughs> Hold one, no. Because it's one package. Your partner cannot be you. I open doors with such care. And I, I always make sure I close doors back. My partner cannot be me. Okay? Living differences. Don't try to change your partner. You are different. Embrace embrace it enjoy it in fact the reason why god made it in such a way that men will marry women despite all the differences that we've okay human beings husband and wife differ based on the fact that is the man she's a woman they are already very different do you get me the fact that you are a man and your wife is a woman ah you go here around differences already then your family background. Your father was a chief. You understand? And our own father, civil servant. You are already very different. Environment. You grew up in um let's let's say you grew up in New at uh, somewhere maybe New Yaya or after Maraba side. Do you understand? And the other person grew up just beside Asokoro there. You'll be so surprised at how the streets has affected you already until the two of you come together. I remember when we just moved to Abuja in 2008, December. I woke up seven. I had already woken up that way, 7 a.m. I'm in the market. Sharp, 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 sharp. Let me buy all the things I need to buy. And run home before there's a crowd outside. I did not even get bike. It was a Saturday morning. To even get bike to take me to the market. Abuja people were still sleeping. I was shocked. I was coming from Lagos. Lagos, 4 a.m. You will buy breakfast on the streets. The person that is cooking the breakfast, if the food is ready, that 4 a.m. you will buy it. You that you are going to walk, you are out of the house. When I eventually got to the market, my God, there was nobody. 
I now cited the man from afar, arranging his tomatoes, one after the other. You pick one from the basket and put it in a tray. And then bend down and pick another one single tomato and put it in a tray. And I said to myself, okay, let me buy tomatoes. Abi, since I can't see any other thing, no other person, I approached him and said, I want to buy tomatoes. He said, it's not selling. Like, he doesn't understand why I'm in the market. Am I even a human being? So you can imagine an Abuja babe now marries a Lagos guy. Ah, it will impact on how they relate. And if you don't, if you don't approach it with wisdom and with grace, if you don't approach your spouse with wisdom and with grace, get angry at everything, let everything annoy you, you are digging the grave of that marriage. Do you understand me? So respect living differences. Respect your partner's opinion. You don't see the you don't see things the way they see it because you are not the same thing. Because I'm phlegmatic, there's a particular way I interpret things. Just because of that alone, let's forget family background and you know all the other things I've spoken about, my upbringing, my environment. Just because I'm phleg, I'm already different, very different. When when I when I talk about things like attitude, for instance. That person, the one time, I told my husband that that person gave me attitude. Another day again, I said again that somebody gave me attitude. He had to confess to me that what does that even mean? That the, the, the person said, this is my attitude. Take it. That What's the meaning of somebody to give you attitude? <laughs> because his mind is not, is not averse. He, he, not, he doesn't notice those kind of things. He's choleric. It is, all he sees is work and the people that are getting the work done. This is the work. Let's get it done. That's all he sees. All those interpretations, she didn't blink quickly. She blinked too fast. All of those things, he doesn't understand them. But yet, you must relate with your spouse with grace, okay? With understanding. And that takes me to my next point. Be kind. Kindness. Kindness. It cannot be overemphasized. The Bible says that be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I said on Sunday that everything about marriage, you'll see it in God. Every aspect of marriage, you will find it in God, in the way God acts towards us, in Christ and the church, in the Trinity and the way they relate together. You will find everything about marriage in God. The Bible says be kind to one another, Tender-hearted, forgiving one another as Christ forgave you. You must forgive one another. Because no one is perfect. We are all trying to attain perfection. You must forgive. You must be tender-hearted. If you have to pray, you have to pray that God should make your heart tender towards your spouse. You saw your wife crying. And you are able to walk away and go and put on the TV. Something is wrong. Where is your kindness? Some people are nice everywhere except at home. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Okay? So kindness is important. Show kindness to your spouse. Be helpful to your spouse. 
even if this is his responsibility if you see that he's going down under the weight of that responsibility chip in help even if this is her job when you see that she's not you know she won't be able to do it chip in help offer help all the time you will not say that because pastor Fumi said on sunday that she found it in the bible that women are keepers that god expects women to be keepers at home when your wife comes back home from work at 10 p.m especially in this generation that we find ourselves in both men and women walking outside the home you will not be waiting for her to come back home 10 p.m and then start dinner when you've been at home since 5 30. A friend of mine told me a very funny story like that. Her husband gets home before her every day. He was working for the government and she was working with a private organization. She would even beg him back then in their marriage that please, all you have to do is bring out the soup from the freezer. Don't do any other thing. Just bring it out so that I can at least defrost. When I come, I'll cook. Never. And it is this same man that cannot eat out. Because, you know, they are just those kind of people that don't like to eat out. And so he's going to get home by 5, 5.30. He closes by 4. Put on the TV. And stay there till 8. 8.30 that his wife will come back from work. And so when she comes back from work, she goes straight to the kitchen. And starts the frosting soup that she cooked over the weekend. She will call. And when they begin to fight about it, because it will not lead to a disagreement, she will be so furious. And the man told her that he has never seen his father in the kitchen all his life. And so what is not in his family is not him that will start it. You can see how our family backgrounds affect us. He had never seen his father in, his, in the kitchen. He's not even thinking of the fact that his mother was a petty trader whose shop was right in front of the house. Thank you. Your wife walks outside the home, even comes home later than you. So one day she decided not to cook. I mean, she didn't decide not to cook. She decided to eat out. And so when she came back home and the husband too was watching TV, she too, she dropped her bag and sat beside him. I was on TV. Wow, is it Chelsea that is playing? After 30 minutes, the guy asked, how far now I've been hungry since I've been waiting for you? She said, no, so even me, I'm hungry too. She continued watching TV. By 10 p.m., it was a big fight. They had to drag themselves to pastor's office. And pastor, you know, showed them that kindness. Kindness. Are you even thinking about the welfare of your own wife? I mean, are you even thinking that she may be hungry too? If I'm hungry, she may be hungry too. And that we now belong to the family of God. Call no man on earth your father. That your own father did not enter the kitchen does not mean that you will let your wife continue like this. And that was how they were able to solve their problems forever. I mean, the day she was even telling me this story, she was telling him, that's why I asked that what's happening. She was telling him that, Suo, if we don't leave church by two, you are cooking. And the guy said, agreed, agreed, agreed. Let me just quickly go and round up this other meeting. I'm like, hey, is that how you people do it? And that's how she began to tell me the story. Praise the Lord. So be kind. And lastly, let me round up now. Lastly, is customize your loving. Customize your affection. God, help me. Customize how you show love to the person 
in question. Okay? Customize it because you are doing it all for this person. I could talk about a whole lot of things. You know, I could give you tips from now till next tomorrow. But if you know something that your spouse wants from you, I think that that is the best place to actually start. If there's something in particular that your partner desires and they have told you about it, or even if they are not this night, you should go to them and say that, is there something in particular that you want from me that, you know, I've not been doing? Or is there something I'm doing that you like and you want me to do more of? That is how best to play the marriage game. I know one woman. There is no marriage and relationship coach that she doesn't know. She follows them all. Tips upon tips. All the sex coaches on Instagram. Everybody. She, she knows everybody. She follows everybody. But yet, the simplest thing that her husband has asked of her. Very simple. She cannot do it. She cannot do it. It doesn't make sense. If there's a way somebody likes food, for instance, the example I was giving on Sunday, how my husband likes um, stews made with palm oil. If I cook it every other way, and I cook five different stews, but the one that he wants, and I said there's fish stew, there's cow tail, and the ox tail, there, um, there is um, croaker, one thing, one thing, there is um, intestine, and there is goat meat. I've even gone through the stress of making five different stews this Sunday afternoon so that you can have your white rice with any of these five stews. And yet it checks. Thank you, Dan. And yet it checks and none of it is made with palm oil, which is what he has asked me for. How does that look? So you have to customize your loving. I have a scripture that I love so much. Proverbs 27, 14. The Bible says that a loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning can be taken as a curse. Can you imagine that? You wake up in the morning and you are cheerful. You even added cheerful to it. So you're actually happy to see this person. And then you greet the person loudly. But if it's not what they desire, if it's not what they need, if it's not what they want from you, it can be taken as a curse. So what does your spouse desire? I want you to commit to doing those things from now that is the beginning what does your spouse desire and it's usually little little things i've done marriage counseling for so long that i know that it is the little things that make the most impact it is not buying them a car gift when what they want is a foot massage you go and buy a car they are happy it's not like they don't like the car but you know my my feet ache every night because i stand a lot at work can you massage my feet you cannot do that one but you'll be saving money to buy the latest iphone for that same person can you see how it doesn't work don't discard what they tell you that they want don't turn a deaf here don't say they have said it that money is all that women want what money and more money no who told you that and even if it is true, because I will not refuse money, but I want massage, please. Okay? So whatever it is they desire, however it is they expect you to show up for them as their spouse, as their life partner, 
make it a priority. I use massage as an example because my husband is sitting somewhere not too far, you know, like that, like that. He's already picking the point. Amen. Amen. Massage my feet, sir. Very important. Do you understand? Customize how you show them love. And um, I believe that, you know, God will breathe on everything that I've said to you this evening and it will multiply, you know, and bear good fruits in your life. If marriage is done according to the scriptures, if marriage is done following the intentions of God, if marriage is done putting God first, putting God last, putting God in the center, making it all about God, the thing is that we are the ones that would even reap the fruit. We are the ones that will reap the reward. We are going to be able to form a powerful force. A friendship that cannot be broken. A oneness that will scare the devil. A fierce force for the kingdom of God. And we'll be able to do the will of God on earth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus. I hope you have been blessed this evening. Oh yes, and so we have come to the end of today's service. I would have loved to bring up Pastor Philip to round up the service. But it's camera shy. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to be rounding up the service at this point. I hope you were blessed. I hope you were blessed. I pray for you that God will breathe on your marriage in the name of Jesus. For those of you who are not married, I hope your amen is louder. That God will breathe on your marriage in the name of Jesus. You will not make a mistake. You will not marry someone that is not going your way in destiny. You will not marry someone that will frustrate your calling in the name of Jesus. You will not marry somebody that will bury your abilities and your giftings in the mighty name of Jesus. For those who are married, I pray for you that the love of God will take over the atmosphere of your home in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit will take over and in any areas where work needs to be done god will call your attention to those places especially in the name of jesus and i pray for your heart that pride will have no place in you pride will have no place in you why me why not him why me why not ah why will i always be the one to apologize ha ah. pride will have no place in your home in your family and in your heart in the name of jesus your marriage will thrive your marriage will blossom to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.